If you're ready for freedom from the grind, then passive income from real estate investing is the best way to get you there. If you don't know where to start or what to do next, then the Rent Roll Radio Show is the best place to get you there. Join us while we discuss the best practices, strategies, and mindset you'll need and give you actionable content to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners, welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Sterling Chapman. Today, we are joined by Jens Nielsen, who is the founder of Open Doors Capital. Open Doors with an S, not to be confused with Brandon Turner's Open Door Capital. Jens, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely, Sterling. I'm excited about our conversation today. Now, I just got to ask, did you come up with that name before Brandon's company well, blew I up? Well, I registered... I registered my website years before his, so there's something to be said there. And I did actually meet him at a conference. I said, hey, are you okay with this? He didn't care. So, But we are probably going to rebrand just to avoid that confusion. Well, And, and he, was, he had um, a similar situation with Open Door, just the company Open Door. And so that's why they actually, I think they rebranded to ODC. Um, so it's it's crazy out there. Everybody's trying not to copy them, but there's only so many ideas, you know, we just all um that's right. <laughs> so uh I had I had a hell of a time naming mine because my name is Sterling Chapman and for whatever reason both of those names are incredibly entrenched in the like financial acumen world. So like there's a million different versions of like Sterling Properties, Chapman Capital. Sterling Capital, you know, Chapman Financial, like there's everything. I had to go down a laundry list before I uh, landed on something that wasn't taken. <laughs> yeah, it's always a challenge. So tell tell us a little bit about your story. Where, where are you from? What did you do before real estate? What are you doing today? Yeah, um, you know, given my name and my maybe slight accent, I uh, was born and raised in Denmark. Lived yeah. there until my early 20s and then moved to London, England, I think in 93, was there for a couple of years and then on to the U.S. I was in telecommunication back in my early career and, you know, I was blowing up there in the 90s. So what, what, was, what, what telecom care? I came from telecom. What were you with? Who you with? I was not with any of the big ones. We were a small, you know, well, I was with Telecom Denmark back in the day. Yeah, so that was the <laughs> but. But after that, I have to come into the U.S. We were just a vendor of some monitoring equipment for some of the larger, you know, all the large big names here, right? But it cool. got me, it gave me an opportunity to travel all over the world because, as you know, it was just blowing up there in the, in the late 90s. So, you know, super fun. Got my, did what I was supposed to do. Got my education, undergrad and master's degree and and just worked. And then I got into to IT and computer systems and, and had, a, you know, a 25, 27-year career in that. And then about in my mid forties, I was like, "Wow, do I want to do this for the rest of my life?" You know, I was feeling these young, younger people nipping at my heels, and I would have to really change, you know, my skill set. I was like, "I don't really want to go and retool at this age in in my industry." So that's when I discovered real estate, and started out, you know, small by buying some fourplexes. I was living in Colorado then. I was buying stuff in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I'm a couple of fourplex in the 11 unit. I kind of really got bit by that, got the bug for real estate and decided that, you know, I wanted to go down the route of syndicate or joint ventures, then syndications and started syndicating in 2019, did a few deals then. I still done like 
I think 15 or 17 different syndications oh, wow. since, since. And I do it full time, quit my job a couple of years ago, do this full time, you know, work out of my house every single day. And it's a great transition. So what do you, when you say you've, you've done 15 or 17 deals, what, what exactly does that mean? What, what, and the reason I ask is, you know, uh, multifamily investing is very much a team sport, right? So I've got, you know, I've got in all my deals, I've got a, a, a number of partners, some I'm the lead on, some I'm not on the lead on, but there's a, there's a, a kind of an acceptable um, deal in the community where, you know, you can raise $50,000 for somebody else's 400 unit and then go around and go, I got 400 units. <laughs> and uh, so that's what I'm like, what, what, what is your main role in these projects and, and has that evolved and is it different from project to project or you just run a completely in-house shop or what does that look like? Yeah, it's a great question. I was actually just looking. It is, I have act, I have 18 active deals right now and I've sold nine. So it's 20, what is that? 27 deals that I've been a awesome. part of <laughs> and any, anywhere from a fourplex that I bought with my own money to co-sponsoring large deal where it's like you know have a 0.5 percent ownership deal right so it started out you know started out uh buying in my own account did my first joint venture with some partners and then no the syndication but you know absolutely right the first syndication was that little bit of that co-sponsor model right help raise some equity help did some underwriting due diligence just for a very small slice but it got me into the game right i was not by any stretch of the imagination, a lead there, but it got me into the game and it got me the credibility of having, you know, been a part of a big deal. I can say sure. I have 200 units. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it just, you can start, you know, as, uh, get that credibility by association, right? Sure. So sure. the first few deals was very small ownership, but then I locked out. I, I found my now partner and him and I have a lot of congruency and we complement each other well. So it went from having, you know, a few percent to like 10, 20, 50 percent GP stakes awesome. in some of the deals that we've done together. Right? We've done, I mean, one of my best performing deals, like 35 townhomes we did, him and I, 50-50 GP, we raised the money and we we're just running this deal, right? That's an amazing awesome. deal because fewer partners, less problems and a good performing deal. So, but you're right. Every deal is a little bit different depending on location, depending on the partners, but my partner and I tend to do them all together um, because we, we we like working together and so forth. So my next question, and and I hope I'm not prying too much, but this is the the stuff that people want to know. Um, you quit. You said you quit your job a few years ago, and you're doing this full time. So, like, what is? How are you? How are you living doing this full time? Because you know, it's, it's very, very much delayed gratification type of gig, right? Like I, I invest in an apartment complex that we're going to sell in five years. I'll make a ton of money in five years, but like right now I don't have any money, you know? So the, the question is like, is it acquisition fees? Is it asset management fees? Have you just been doing it long enough that now deals are starting to sell and you can hibernate for six months between, you know, dispositions or refis or what is your, what is, and I'm not asking to call you out. I'm asking to try and figure it out for myself. What is your like kind of daily like or, or or monthly income stream look like related? And I'm not asking the dollar amount. I'm just asking like from a source perspective, like 
how does that machine keep getting fueled? Yeah, it's an excellent question, right? And I struggle with that initially. It's like, man, how am I ever going to get out, right? You know, because making six plus figures in my IT job, that's that's a nice income. So my strategy was, so we, we before we got on recording, we talked about, you know, mentoring programs that we've both been in. So I got an opportunity to start coaching and mentoring people. So suddenly there was a side stream of income there. So I was like, wow, I really like this. So I actually start, I became a, um, I started mentoring people on the side. Then I actually became a certified high performance coach and I started coaching people in the real estate business. So I started a, I literally started a side business of coaching, which can be very lucrative, right? So like, wow, if I just do five or 10 hours of this a week, I can pay my bills, right? Okay. So suddenly that actually gave me like, right now I can quit my job because if I can just maintain this, I can pay the bills. So I say, I, I basically say now my coaching is what keeps the light on and the food on the table. Real estate investing is what makes, allows me to travel to, we're going to New Zealand in a couple of weeks, you know, sure. all the, the quote unquote luxuries. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was one way. I mean, and other people have done stuff. Maybe they, they are an agent. They sell a few houses on the side, right? They flip some houses, right? Because you're absolutely right. It takes takes a while. So, you know, 2019, 2020, you know, a little bit of acquisition fees, a little bit of stuff. 2021, we did like nine deals, right? Then it starts adding up on the acquisition fee. 2020, sure. we did five deals, but we also sold five. Last year was the best year ever for me, right? From an income sure. standpoint. This year, you know, we know the market's a little bit different, so the income may not be quite as high, but I'm starting to see that, yeah, uh, the, the flywheel, if you will. Right. So I love the question because it's very tactical. How? What do you do, right? Because it's hard to get out of your W two job from real estate investing. Right? Yeah. Well, I was talking to you know George Aubrey. Um, he has Elevate Commercial Group. They've got we we're partnered on a couple of deals, and I was talking to him, and he was like man, I just had to keep the construction business because like, he's like, I'm finally starting to make money from the multifamily business. And he was 6,500 units and five years in. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, I'm finally starting to make a little money. <laughs> you know? yeah. so that's like, whoa, you know? Um, so I'm glad to hear, I'm glad to hear that um, about you know the the real estate and the the you know the agent income or the coaching income or these other um you know it just makes me makes me feel like I'm not doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah and then I think you know we're sold, you know, you go to a some sort of boot camp or something training and like, oh you know, do one deal and be financially free. I don't know. That this doesn't seem <laughs> like reality to me. So that's, that's the Mike, that's the Michael Blanc promise, I think. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, and and I've I've seen him illustrated and it's and and his his model is basically like, yeah, you can quit your job from the acquisition fees. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, tell us about um tell us about scaling up and and the transition. So you started just buying fourplexes on your own. And what made you what made you take the leap from there to bringing on big partners and buying much bigger deals? What, what did that transition look like for you? Yeah, I think you know after the we bought like two four plays and then eleven unit in the first kind of six months of 
of investing. And then we're like, we don't have a lot of money left now. What do we do? It still had a little bit, but I didn't want to just buy another fourplex because I see the scaling. So I, um, I found a 38 unit deal in Albuquerque and, you know, we needed, we need a lot of work. So we needed like five or $600,000 in equity. Right. And I couldn't bring that myself. So I, I pulled, you know, a couple of friends and my, my broker as a partner, we pulled, you know, just kind of pulled stuff together. But at that point I had enough credibility to persuade and influence my, my friends to come in as in a joint venture type partnership with them. Right. So that was the first kind of realization, you know, maybe I can actually figure this out to start, you know, raising money and doing bigger stuff. Right. And, um, you know, that, that deal had some challenges early on, but it's doing amazing now. We still own it. Uh, so that was that. And then, you know, the scaling was like initially kind of partnering with some people that had all the infrastructure on to then like start really building that ourselves, right? So now I'm, you know, giving my IT background, I'm really involved in systems and processes and asset management and all that stuff, right? So I am adding value to my, my partners and my teams by putting a lot of those back-end things in place so we can actually operate everything we got our hands on, right? If that makes sense. That's awesome. Um, what is, what is the reason you picked Albuquerque, New Mexico? So just to be clear. So I, I used to live there and then I moved around a little bit. Now I live in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is about an hour up the road. It was just close. <laughs> that was, that was it. Right. It's actually in, you know, in retrospect, it's a good market to be in because it didn't have the crazy rise in prices that you saw in Phoenix and Dallas and stuff. Um, but we haven't done, we haven't actually syndicated any, well, we're doing a syndication, a small warehouse syndication there now, but otherwise we haven't done anything. So we started there, but then my, as I, my partner, I met, we are in the, in the Midwest, you know, Oklahoma, Ohio, Western Pennsylvania has been those markets that we've really focused on in the last few years to grow in those areas. So how do you find deals? How do I find deals? <laughs> That's my partner's role. <laughs> he has, you know, he has great broker relationships and has been in doing this for 20 plus years. And he just keeps digging up deals. I don't know how he does it. You know, who is, not, your, what, who is your that? partner? Who is your partner? Uh Jason Perro. I don't know if you know him. But, I don't know. I thought maybe I did. Um, but you know, he's just like, well, I just found this deal. I was like, where are they coming from? Right. But it's not, <laughs> this is not like, you know finding a deal in Denver or Dallas or something. This is like finding a deal in a tertiary market where the business plan is just longer term hold for cash flow, whatever. Right. But I think it works for us. And, you know, we've been successful in, I would rather close, you know, five smaller deals in a year than one or zero large deals in a year. Now, what do you mean by smaller deals? What are the sizes of these deals? Um, I mean, I think anywhere from, uh, so I think what did we do last year? Anywhere from like three to twelve million dollars kind of purchase price. Uh, so it's been kind of the the reins there. So like like what about what about like unit count? I'm bit, what I'm trying to back into here is like, are you sub hundred units? Are you in a a space that's difficult to manage? Because we've had we've got smaller assets that we have more difficulty with the property man the fractional property management versus. 150 unit that can support on-site staff full-time yeah no that's that's an excellent question right no so this is where i feel 
the way we developed our business is that we bought, for example, in Cleveland, six, 700 units, anywhere from like, you know, just portfolios of properties. But since we have so many, and my partner is also a property manager, we can, you know, we can have one PM that covers three different buildings close by, right? Great. So we are able to create a scale among multiple properties versus the scale in one large property. So that's awesome. that's been the approach. So I wouldn't go to, you know, some town where we've had no presence and buy 30 units. It doesn't make sense, but it does make sense to add it to an existing portfolio in a market we already have a presence in. No, that's a great answer. And 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 what you just described would eliminate all of our woes. So <laughs> Uh, you know, the the places that we have issues, it's like we've only got that one small asset there. And so nobody wants to go out there. You know what I mean? And it just it doesn't make sense. And and we've where we've remedied that we've replaced property managers that aren't local to that area with property managers that have other smaller assets in the vicinity and then are able to share those resources like you just described. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing in the stuff, my my small stuff in Albuquerque. Right. Hey. I have a property manager who managed, you know, thousands of units there and I'm good friends with the owner. And, you know, it doesn't matter that it's not on site. They still do well enough because there's enough staff to support the, sure. the portfolio of smaller buildings. So how do you get investors for these deals? Where are you, is that is that more your area of expertise is raising capital. Uh, I know you focus a lot on the asset management with your systems and process from your tech background, but where does the capital come from? Yeah. And I just, I just came back from Ray's Fest in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Oh yeah. Hunter's deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have a system to the scale they do. I mean, it's been the, 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 the typical friends and family and, you know, just slowly, Getting more people interested, meeting more people, trip, you know, my new my newsletter and stuff like that. So it's it's organic. It's not to the level that you well, know what I you know what I you know what I've found um, because I've created all of those systems and everything that Hunter does and everything that 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 um, that all of the guys do with the the drip campaigns, with the with the lead magnets, with active campaigns, and all that all that stuff that that all of the gurus sell in their little courses. Like this is how you create a, a a you know an investor database, and this is how you get them. None of it's ever worked, but but it's it's been it's been effective. It's been effective in the sense that um, when. All of my, I would say, ninety something percent of my investors were organic growth, right? It like it started with friends and family, and then it became their friends and family, and then their friends and family's friends and family. So we're like, we're on like the fifth iteration of referrals here. But what all that extra crap that I do does with the podcast and the and the active campaign and the newsletter, it it gives me validity to those referrals, right? So like. Like somebody I met at a concert or got their or somebody who downloaded the ebook and and now they're getting the drip campaign. I haven't had very many of those convert like from a cold person to an investor. But I'll tell you when like my second cousin's friend's cousin is referred to me and they go pull up Crestworth Capital's website 
and then they download the ebook and then they start getting the emails. They go, oh, this guy looks pretty polished. And you know what I mean? He's got, he's got his shit together and go, it's going on. So like it's, it solidifies the referrals, but it does, it, it hasn't just gotten this like tons of cold or, you know, traffic. No, I think that's exactly what they were talking about too, right? You create enough trust and credibility that when people hear about you, they will invest with you versus, versus, oh, who is this Sterling guy? How, how you know, is this a scam, blah, 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 right? So creates implicit trust, which then helps. Because the same thing, like I have investors that just like, oh, it sounds good. Here's another 50K, right? It's like, well, <laughs> you know, because of the trust that's been built over time. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. So that makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> So what is, uh, what's next for you? Uh, I, I think really the key, I think where we really have struggled has just been bandwidth, right? And, and having the right systems in place for all these different properties. So really working a lot on, on asset management systems. We did actually hire a guy now, kind of not full-time, but it's helping us. Oh my God, that's just freed up so much of my time, right? So really just, because I didn't get into this to just work, you know, crazy hours, right? So sure, sure. Get all these things kind of systems and, and, and so forth, right? So that's one thing. You know, we're continuing to 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 find deals and doing that, right? Kind of getting that, get that dialed in and making it more streamlined. So I think it's just continuing doing more of what we're good at and trying to to um you know be less busy every single day, which is a, an uphill, an uphill battle. Sure. I think people forget that all the time. Like we, we got in this to get away from the grind, not to grind <laughs> even harder. Uh, I see that a lot with people that, that quit, quit their job, you know, that they'll study real estate and they'll, or they'll read rich dad, poor dad or whatever. And they'll get introduced to these concepts of like a financial freedom and financial independence and buying cash flow and assets. And they're like, Oh, that sounds great. I could, I could have a totally different lifestyle. And so they quit their job as an accountant or an engineer or a plant worker, and they go become like a property manager or a real estate agent. I'm like, well, you just, you really just got another job. <laughs> like, yeah, it's in the real estate industry, but you're, you know, you're, and a lot of times it's like, you probably were making more money at the other one. So yeah, I think it's so important that we continue to keep the focus on freedom and like, why wow, we got into it. Uh, and to your point, when I hire somebody, I, I can always tell within like a month. I'm like, how did I literally survive before this? Like they're spending 40 hours a week and it's like the whole time is is filled. I was doing 100% of that before, plus all the stuff I'm still doing. Like I'm still, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tell my team that all the time. I'm like, I used to do everything y'all are doing. I used to do it all. <laughs> like it was just me. Absolutely. So uh, tell me a little bit about your coaching. So you do, I know you you coach as part of Rod's program. And then you mentioned you're a performance coach as well. Is that outside of the real estate stuff or or what do you what do your coaching consist of? Yeah, so I don't do anything for anybody else. It's all for myself. I, I oh, okay. quit. So I, uh, basically what I do, I offer what's called uh, high performance coaching, which is really try to create, creating a, a holistic view of, of your life, right? Uh, do you have the right clarity and energy and productivity and everything else? That's what we focus on, right? Because too often we just get so sucked into, oh, I just want to do a deal and that nothing else matters. So this is just getting, I mean, do you even want to be in real estate, right? You said people are quitting a job because they read a book. Is that the right choice for you? So just getting clarity and helping people 
creating you know joy and connection in their lives and so forth so that's the high performance side of it i do the mentoring too it's like okay how do you underwrite a deal how do you how do you raise money how do you do asset management so that side of it as well right so that's what i do kind of um my my you know what i offer from the coaching mentorship standpoint so how do you market the the coaching and the mentorship side of it like this (laughs) yeah okay uh I don't, I mean, so I have been blessed to have enough referrals, enough people that, you know, hear me on a podcast, just, you know, go on my website to reach out. So I never, I never do anything active. It's very much, I, have, I put a, I put a barrier of entry in there because I really want to work with the right people. You know, yeah. Does that make sense? So. Oh yeah, no, for sure. What, uh, what advice do you have for somebody that's just starting out? Find a team, build a team early on. Don't try to do it by yourself because you just it's a grind and you just get frustrated and there's not a lot of joy by doing it by yourself. So find a team, have somebody that can help you, you know, motivate you, keep you accountable and everything else. Just that's that's the key thing to start with, in my opinion. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So real quick, I want to hop over to our radio round um, with three quick questions for our listeners. The first one is, what's your favorite book? Uh, it changes, but I think I would say um, the um, success principles by um, Napoleon Hill. No, uh, hang on. By Dak Canfield. Success principles by Dak Canfield. Canfield. Like one of the first books that really changed my life. So. Awesome. You have a you have a um, a virtual background on. So it's weird oh, when you get around to your sorry, bookshelf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it looks like you're looking out of the window of your, your <laughs> California villa. A bookshelf behind me. <laughs> um, what is your favorite quote? I think from uh, Henry Ford, uh, something like, "Either you, you know, either you think you can, or you think you can't. You're right either way." Something to right. that effect, right? No, that's classic. And then what's your favorite thing to do outside of work? Mountain biking. Nice. Nice, nice. Yeah. Where can our listeners uh, find out more about you? How can they follow you, get in touch with you, invest with you, get coached from you? Yeah, thanks. So I think you know, I'm old school, you know, um, send an email, Jens, J-E-N-S, at opendoors with an S, capital.com. Or people can go to my website, opendoorscapital.com slash call, and they can book a free 20-minute call with me, investing, coaching. If they're just on advice in real estate, by all means, I, I love to give back to the community that way. Awesome. Jens, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it, and I enjoy getting to chat, and I look forward to keeping up with you on your journey. Thanks, Sterling. It was a lot of fun. This episode was brought to you by Crestworth Capital. If you're a busy professional and ready to make passive income from real estate investing, then go to CrestworthCapital.com where you'll be able to download a free copy of our ebook to help you get started today. Until next week, happy investing.